Blog Talk Radio.
All Eyes on Chicago, August 20th to the 23rd, as Chicago welcomes the first annual Black Wall Street National Conference. Joining us in our efforts in sustaining and increasing black business. To register, visit www.blackwallstreetdistrict.com and listen to Black Wall Street USA, Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com slash cbbn. This ad was sponsored by Chicago's blackbusinessnetwork.com. Join us today and touch the world. Welcome to Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, April 29th, 2010, with your host, Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com, and I will be Mr. Carter's co-host for this segment. Black Wall Street USA is on the air every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. CBBN on Blog Talk Radio, which is the show that I host, will be returning to the air on Tuesday, May 4th, with Jobs Training and Services for Youth. So join us Tuesday, May 4th, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time for information that you can use as it relates to our young people ages 16 to 25. Everyone knows, everyone that knows me knows that CBBN on Blog Talk Radio is dedicated to Mayor Harold Washington and that Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com is dedicated to Mayor Harold Washington. And from time to time, we share different stories about the time that Harold spent with us as the mayor of the city of Chicago. Well, this evening, you, the listening audience, gets, gets to share your Mayor Harold Washington story. Everyone's got one. Now, we can easily read the history and the stats on Mayor Harold Washington and, and tell you a little bit about his military history, his educational background. We know he has a law degree from Northwestern. We know those things about him, but that is not the whole story about Harold. That is only part of the whole man, the essence of the man that we love and honor and pay homage to tonight. It's part of his history. We all have a history. On my Tuesday night show, I did a series of interviews with different Chicagoans, and at the end of the interviews, I asked them to tell us how they remembered Harold Washington. That question provoked such emotion in the guests that I was, I was a little bit shocked the first time I asked, asked the question at the end of the interview, and then I did it again, and then I did it again. And every time I asked this question, the person's response was so intense as though it was really painful to bring back the memory of our mayor. But as they spoke of Harold and, and remembering their experiences and how they felt through that process that he went through, that we went through at the same time, they were recalling our loss, but at the same time they were recalling our pride and our pleasure and our association with this man and his representation as mayor of this city. If you can understand what I'm saying, which I think you can, if can you feel me? It was like a little bitterness with a little sweetness at the same time, and it was still good. It was it was very good. It was very intense. If you listen to some of our archives, you will get what I what I'm saying. But tonight, tonight, you get to do the same thing. You get to tell us how you remember hell. Tonight, Black Wall Street USA is asking you, how do you remember Harold Washington? We will be joined by other Chicagoans that make Chicago the unique city by the lake. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. 
Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. Press the number one. If you would like to speak to one of our guests or if you have a question or comment, you may also listen to us live at www.blogtalkradio.com slash CBBN. You can listen on our website. You don't have to listen on your telephone. You can listen to our website. Listen on our website. Our guest this evening, we're very excited. We met this man uh, about two weeks ago in a breakfast uh, for Southeast Chamber of Commerce. And Mr. Haji Shabazz, who has been a Chicago treasurer for more than 30 years, as owner of Truth and Soul Barbershop located on East 87th Street, will be joining us this evening. We had to uh, ask him to come over. He just has so much history in this city. He had to be with us this evening on this show. Also joining him will be Ms. Angela Williams, Executive Director of the Southeast Chamber of Commerce, as well as a member of Black Wall Street. She's going to share the state of black businesses on the dynamic southeast side of Chicago. But first, uh, let's welcome our host, Mr. Ron Carter. How are you doing this evening, Ron? I'm fine, Sonia. How about yourself? How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, Tell us what's going on with Black Wall Street this week. Well, well, we're still in um, the heat of moving toward our event tomorrow night. Uh seems as though we're just so involved in the mission of um, sustaining and increasing black businesses. There's a group of us that's actually really having a great impact in the over 17 different initiatives that we're involved in. And with that in mind, we're going to be having our reception for Summit uh, 12 tomorrow night from 7 to 12 right here at the Black Wall Street office. And the purpose of this here is to help raise funds for opening a Black Wall Street uh, office on our district of 75th Street, in addition to helping to raise funds to put our summit on for May 22nd, Moving on to the National Summit in August, on August the 20th to the 23rd. So uh, we got a heavy agenda, and all eyes will be on Chicago as Black Wall Street moves the different initiatives and uh, actually meet that direction and that goal of sustaining and increasing black businesses. And uh, it's um, good to uh, listen to what you were stating about Harold Washington and as it uh, applies, uh, I can remember that um, the blacks' um, percentage of getting contracts was somewhere up to about 16%. Now they're down to eight in the last uh, years that he's been uh, gone. Uh, whatever the reason that is, that definitely was not only the emotional and the spiritual of a movement of Harold Washington, but there was also a business side of Harold Washington, which uh, we have felt, and what is the result of it today. So there is a political, economic, uh, social movement um, of stories about Harold Washington, and uh, thank you for making this here possible with your idea to let's come back and visit um, Harold Washington. So, yeah, but it's a lot. It all comes together. I can put it to you that way. 
Well, you know, Rob, we could we could let the month go by. I know I get tied up, I get busy, you get busy, we're all busy. I mean, looking at the um, committee meeting this morning, you had made the statement on one show that uh, Black Wall Street has a size 14 in a size seven shoe, <laughs> and that what it, that's what it feels like. It's such a big job, and it's tight, and it's it's right. a lot to be done, and we can't we can't do this by ourselves. We have to reach out to everybody in this city who has an interest in sustaining and increasing black business businesses because we need their help. That is how fast this movement is taking on, and that's oh, what yeah, that's definitely. happening here. Mm-hmm. And I want to add too. Uh, I don't. I'm not really politically involved pretty laid back, but I think what um, doing what stands out for me the most about here in Washington, I have the same admiration that you hear in uh, person after person after person out of our community. We do have an admiration for him and a love for him. Not only that, we right. feel it in our bodies. We feel it everywhere when we talk about Harold. Uh, but I think the most moving experience that I remember, I lived on the north side. I was catching the bus at Montrose and Clarendon, and it was an express bus, so there was not many people on that bus that would look like me in the morning anyway. All right. So I, as I was standing at the bus stop, a man, a black gentleman, walked up to the bus stop. Maybe he was 70. Maybe he was 80. He was old. Had that mm. blue and white button on, that campaign button on oh, the first yeah? time he got oh, elected. Wow. This man had a look on his face. This man had a look on his face that he was just the proudest, happiest man you ever seen in your life. That's what I was feeling. He was smiling. He was just standing there. We didn't have to talk about it. I know he was. We didn't have to talk about it at all. I just Mm -hmm. knew. I knew what he felt. He felt a pride that he had not felt. He was standing at a bus stop with me, and we were just standing there. We didn't say anything. We was just standing there. And then we got on the bus, and I'm sure you heard these stories before. We got on that uh, 135 Express bus. The bus was silent. There was not a bird. Oh, buddy, buddy, buddy. That's a great experience, you know. I'm sorry I missed that experience watching that. Uh, I remember I had had some buttons. I lost them about uh, a year and a half ago. I had maybe about... Ooh, 15 of those uh, original Harold Washington buttons. So I lost them, loaned them, and ooh, they're gone. But, uh, yeah, that is a a souvenir collection, and I can feel that spirit uh, that was coming from him. Even though I was not there, I still can feel what you experienced there. Absolutely. And we want to hear those stories. That's what we want to hear tonight. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with your host, Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, I'm Sonia Purdue. Our call in number is 347-326-9477, 347-326-9477. We want to hear your Harold Washington stories. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. Press the number one if you would like to speak to one of our guests or if you have a comment. We want to thank you for being here this evening and for sharing this opportunity to serve African-American businesses across the nation by calling in and being part of the solution. Our show page is blogtalkradio.com. Simply click on the show link and you can listen to all our past shows. Don't forget to pass our show link on to your friends. That is how we grow. That is how you grow.
We want to be sure that you're going to join us tomorrow. We want to be sure you're going to be here. We want to remind you that we're doing a special broadcast from the offices of South Street Journal as Black Wall Street Chicago plays host to the reception of for the Economic Summit 12. They're on their way to summit number 12. Each summit is preceded by a reception. The reception is serious business. The reception the summit is serious business. Reception is the break from the seriousness that life, life brings on as we engage in this movement. Come on over Friday, April 30th, to the offices of South Street Journal, located at 449 East 35th Street, 7 p.m. to midnight. Bring about 100 business cards and so that you can network right here the right way. There will be an art and print auction. Live broadcast of Black Wall Street USA, Jan Lindsay. I want to mention that Jan Lindsay will be here. Uh, she is a member of Black Wall Street Chicago. She is the chairperson for membership. Jan Lindsay is the first African-American female to launch an exclusive religious wine label in the world, and she will be joining us tomorrow. Ms. Lindsay, once again, is the chairman of the membership committee, and she also serves on the executive board of Black Shopping Channel. Jan Hostel, you will join her tomorrow evening, 7 to 9 p.m., for a wine tasting and wine signing. There are also going to be some poetry. There's a lot going on, some verses by Keisha Nicole, our own Keisha, and some live entertainment. So it's going to be a complete evening. There's a lot going to be going on. We're going to see you tomorrow at 7, 449 East 35th Street. Our call-in number, once again, is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Ron, we're going to take a break before we bring in our first guest. And would you like to add anything regarding the reception or the upcoming summit before we go to break? Well, I can tell you it's, it's always a, a good social evening. I enjoy myself every time we have these receptions because it's it's taking care of business, it's networking, but it is a real relaxed um, and fun group uh, with laughter and cheers and the liquid spirits as well. So definitely we want people to come on through. Thank you so much. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. We'll be right back with our first guest after this break.
We're back, and you're tuned in to Black Wall Street USA with Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, as our host. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Join us today and touch the world. We got really relaxed there, didn't we? That was that was well, really yeah. metal right there. Definitely, that definitely. was that was really nice. That was Aquamarine uh, from Santana. Our calling number is three four seven three two six nine four seven seven. Leave your company information and, and website links in the chat room. Chat room is open. We have some guests in there. Say hello to them. Ron, let's welcome our first guest, Mr. Haji Shabazz, who has been the owner of Truth and Soul Barbershop on East 87th Street for more than 30 years. He's got a story to tell. Welcome, Mr. Shabazz. Hey, how are you doing? How's everybody hey. doing? Fine. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing quite well. Very good, very good. Thank you for being on our show today, uh, this evening and also seeing you at the uh, uh, the Southeast Chamber of Commerce uh, breakfast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Right. And, uh, yeah, you, brought it to, you brought it to my attention right away based on historically what was happening with uh, 87th Street as we were dedicating Stony Island as yeah. the uh, Black Wall Street District. Mm-hmm. Well, so tell I, me, go ahead. I, I appreciate you all inviting me on this uh, radio show. I appreciate it. Talk show. Okay. Well, uh, tell us um, now, uh, you, you run the barbershop on 87th Street. How long have you been over there, and, and what's your history to come I've been doing there? it. I've been doing it 50 years, 10 years on the west side and 40 years here on the south side. Okay. Where at on the west side? 1631 West Roosevelt Road. 1631. You know, I just left uh, 1640 West Roosevelt Road maybe about an hour ago. You was and over there? Look, pardon? You were right in my hood, huh? Well, nothing like your hood now. No, man. They tore it all <laughs> out. It's, it's a shopping mall over there now. Yeah, it's a shopping mall. And it's, uh, so, yeah, uh, it def- things definitely have changed, and that was just... Uh, Ten years ago, you're speaking about, huh? That's right. You know, right. I, my place over there. I had a, my mother and father gave me a shop over there, mm-hmm. and uh, what happened? It got burned up. But I had bought this. I had two of them. One on the west mm-hmm. side, one here. Okay. And the house got burned up over there mm-hmm. at 1631 right. West Roosevelt Road. Right. So, uh, do I understand you're also a member of the Southeast Chamber of Commerce as well? Yeah. Okay, can you tell me a little bit about your involvement and why are you involved with it? Oh, well, ever since I've been here on uh, 87th Street, I've been involved with the um, 87th Street Chamber of Commerce, the 87th Street Businessmen's Association, and now also with the Southeast uh, Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. So, so I have all, always... three of, all three of those organizations still in existence? No, the other two, they're out now, but uh, Southeast Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. That's the one I'm in. So you brought it to my attention very readily uh, at the uh, breakfast when we uh, focus on 87th Street, I mean, sorry, Stony Island as a black Wall Street district, and then you pointed out very clearly uh, how that relates to 87th Street. Uh, can you uh, elaborate on that? Yes, well, I figure just like 87th Street, you know, back in night when I got over here about 1970, mm-hmm. 87th Street was the 
top shopping area in the country. Oh, really? That's right. Uh, I remember when I explained that money thing that the Black Wall Street Journal, Black Wall Street had in the Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. about uh, the exchanging their own money. Correct. Well, that's what they was, you remember that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, that's what they was trying to do here. Mm-hmm. You had Tyrone Davis, you had uh, the Staples Singers, you had all wow. This was a hell of a street years ago. Mm-hmm. And this what made me stay so long. Mm-hmm. This street yeah. here was something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to give a lot of credit to this street of why I'm here today. Okay. You know, Sammy Davis even came in and gave me a couple of suits. Tyrone Davis, uh, Curtis Mayfield, The Impressions, Leroy Hudson, now, Art Kelly. Uh, what's, what's your address uh, exactly? For, on I'm at 1740 East 87th Street. Okay. So that means I need to check you out and see what type of haircut you can do for me, huh? Yeah, well, you better hurry up because I'm, I'm almost retiring. Now I'm 70 years old. Oh, okay. And you still, what I understand... Have that Barack Obama walk, but at yet uh, at that age, you still get your dip in your step, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm just walking down the street. Everybody say, "Say, man, you walk like Obama." I say, "Oh yeah." Well, some of the presidents around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, was... my friend. I want to announce that my friend Common. He's a good friend yeah. of mine. He, he okay. lives down the street. Oh, he comes man, in here yeah. as well. Well, let me ask you, you know, our program is focused on uh, Hale Washington. What do you um, recall of um, our, the, uh, the former mayor? Oh, well, I tell you, I didn't know anything about Hale Washington until 1977. Okay. Well, that's uh, earlier than a whole lot of people. What are you talking about? Go ahead. <laughs> well, anyway... One of my customers was in here, and he was Harold Washington's manager. Okay. What do you call that? The campaign manager. Campaign manager, all right. Yeah, we all talking in here. And so he said, oh, y'all, uh, you guys in here, y'all going to vote for Harold uh, on the election? That was when Belandic and Jane Byrne was running against each other, 1977. Okay, Correct. Harold was running independent. But see, when the, the press wasn't covering Harold or nothing. Harold was out here trying to hustle to get them votes on his own. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, the next did you have? Did you ever get a chance to meet him before? No, I didn't know nothing about Harold. Okay, I mean, no. even after he became mayor. Oh, I knew a whole lot about Harold. I know. I mean, did you uh, ever? Did you have a chance to meet him? No, I never met him. The reason why I had a chance to meet Harold Washington. I could have probably sat in his office for every day that he was mayor. But what happened, Frank Lee went to high school with me. Frank Lee was Harold Washington's number one top bodyguard. We grew up together on the west side, went to Crane High School together. I ran into Frank one day downtown, and Frank asked me, he said, Haji, uh, how come you seen the mayor yet? So I said, no, this is when he was elected the first time. All right. He said, man, why don't you come on down there, man, and come on, meet me down at the city hall, and come on, meet the mayor and have some coffee. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, okay, I get it. He said, bring your children. They were little men. Okay. And so I kept putting it off and putting it off. Then Harold got elected again. Mm-hmm. And that was the time I should have went before he died. Right. I had all the chance. 
right. How do you feel about um, the politics of Chicago then compared to now? Well, during the time of Harold, I think during Harold's election around that time, Gus Savage was a good friend of mine. He had an office right across the street from me. I knew him quite well. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and the guys that I knew, I think during that time, it was much fair. I think Harold what? Walker, I didn't hear that. A much what? Much fair. The, the, the politicians. Okay. All the right. You know, everything was more fair. Harold was trying to equal everything out for everybody. You know, uh, Gus so Savage. So you don't think that that is the, uh, so are you saying that it's more unfair uh, today than it was then? Well, I kind of believe so. What do you think? I think it, it, uh, this politics thing is not like it was. Can I get well, a full like uh, agreement on that? Let me kind of justify the statement based on politics versus government. Um Politics is basically the wit of getting legislation legislation passed, and government is responsible for implementing legislation. So Mm -hmm. can you uh, differ between what's not being fair with the government, or are you still referring to politics? Well, I'm not really deep into politics anyway. Okay. You know, I roll with the the flow. Mm-hmm. I roll with the flow when the people that come in to do business with me, our network is going through that way, you know. So uh, the barbershop talk then, what type of barbershop talk was you hearing uh, as Harold was beginning to uh, run for office and when he actually won and yeah. also when he actually passed? Yeah, Harold. Yeah, how? what, type, what was the barbershop talk? What was the... Uh, your cousin was talking about when uh, Harold was campaigning, when he got elected, and then thirdly, after he passed. Okay, now, when Harold first started running, I don't think too many people knew about Harold because the press wasn't covering him. It was word of mouth. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I didn't hear nothing about Harold. Are you referring to 1987? Okay, what about 1983? Uh, what did you hear from your customers then? Well, everybody loved Harold then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody loved Harold. Did you feel the spirit that he was going to win based on the report yeah. that you were getting? I felt the spirit when I seen Harold Washington on the TV with Jane Byrne and Belandic. Mm-hmm. I, I felt the spirit then. You know, Stroger, the commissioner, he 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 really didn't have the spirit at first till he seen that debate. Correct. Okay. And then after he seen that debate, he was on Daly's side and on Belandic's side. But he jumped. <laughs> he jumped both. Then he jumped right with Harold. Okay. Am I right, Ron? You're right. You're right. <laughs> Everybody had the spirit. The spirit was flowing so good. They were even trying to stop the the traffic, the trains, the things for electric for Harold. Everybody had that spirit. Right. So what about when he passed? Uh what was the 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 mindset of your customers then? How was people communicating? Everybody, man, passed? when Harold died, it was just like the same way of feeling that when Doctor King died. We were sick when Harold died. You know, when I when I when Harold was in office, I would go downtown and get on the elevator in City Hall. You know, a lot of white people see me on the elevator, you know, when Harold was elected. 
And you know they say, oh, good morning, how are you? Shaking my hand. Mm-hmm. Because they're thinking I got something to deal with here in Washington, I do believe. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, how I are know, you this I morning? I remember the same thing, uh, seeing as though Caucasians got so nice when they see me. Yeah, everybody was loving black folks then. You know, when Harold was in the office, they didn't know if I worked for them or not. But now Harold dies, which was a sad thing to happen. Now I get down there in City Hall. What do you want, guy? Uh, what are you looking for? <laughs> I see. I see. Uh, yeah, I, I do uh, understand the type of spirit in City Hall. And it was yeah. more friendly. It was It was definitely breaking down a lot of racial barriers. That's so right. As do, and so today you feel this complete opposite. And does Harold, that relate to what you mean by fair? Yeah, I believe it's just the opposite now. You know, the white guy's on top now again. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, with that, how do you think or do you feel uh, that that spirit of Harold can come back? Or, in other words, do you think there can be another person that can generate the interest as Harold did? Yes, I, I believe there was one particular guy I think that would have got it, or if he went to campaign for it, but he was looking bigger than that, and that's what Obama. Uh huh. You know, if Obama yeah. wanted to be mayor, I think he could have been mayor if he really wanted to. Yeah. Matter of fact, I was um, I lived in the uh, 19th ward for a while, and a lot of my uh, neighbors uh, that were Caucasian, um, we was talking about trying to get somebody elected for mayor. And mm-hmm. one of them just told me bluntly, uh, Ron, uh, we are not going to vote for no black person to become mayor. You might as well forget it. Now, if Barack Obama ran for mayor, then you all have a chance. But anybody else, this note. Now, do you think that, I mean, I guess people kind of said the same thing. Uh, well, again, Harold Washington didn't get no more than 10% of the uh, the white vote when he ran, and maybe close to 20% the second time he ran. So he still did not have that uh, that parity of the white vote. Uh, but they did look at Barack uh, yeah. of having that. And now, if I can talk a little politics, the, the, the voting and the uh, population has changed. Yeah, uh, it has. Because at that time there was uh, about 1.3 million p- uh, potential black votes in Chicago, and today there's approximately about 800,000 potential black votes in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, so the demographics have changed, but still, do you feel that something can happen where the spirit of an- another Hill Washington can come about? Yes, I feel as though it can happen again, just like it did with Harold. But we got to get more closer together like we were then. Mm-hmm. If we're able to, to, just like we're trying to network with each other now, if we get out and, and, and whoever we pick to run for mayor and back him up, quit pulling apart, you know, and just hold him accountable for that, we can do it. You know, uh, I'm, I'm from the old uh, village of growing up. You know, and in that neighborhood there, everybody knew everybody. Everybody would try to help everybody. You know, if there was a person that um, couldn't pay their rent, they knew how to give a little party, a wasteland party to help this person to be able to pay his rent. 
it was more closer together. If we can get closer together like we did with Harold, we would get another person. Okay. Uh, can you think of someone uh, presently that may be able to ignite that type of uh, movement or spirit? Say that again, Ron. Uh, there's someone presently you think can be able to ignite that that spirit or that movement uh, of uh, Harold Washington. Yeah, you know, you know, I think there's somebody out there, and you know who I think it is. Like who? Yeah. Like you. Pardon? You're very sharp. <laughs> well, you know what I'm you. saying? I appreciate that. Okay. And and, and you're trying to build. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I watched you, man, on that on that platform the other day talking. You're a very classy guy. <laughs> well, thanks, Mr. brother. I appreciate the words. Mr. Carter is modest. Yes, he is. I am. Yeah, you, 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 you're, uh, man, you, I watched you talk, man. You're very charismatic. What do you call it? Charismatic? Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you sharp. Okay, okay. And if everybody get out and vote because you know, I like my own in office. I feel more comfortable, you know, hmm. and that's the way I feel about you. And you're very business-minded. <laughs> All right, brother. Okay, brother Haji. So I, now I, I, I would pick you, know, you or Obama if he was run for mayor. Okay. <laughs> well, I believe that, you know, we do have those uh, people, you know, like me and a whole, uh, whole bunch of us, uh, but sometimes – uh, a term that I uh, look at, do you feel as though we can be organized to be disorganized, so to speak? Mm -hmm. uh, because sometimes people will say that, well, the black community is not together, uh, they'll never get together, and then, or is there something that's also igniting us to actually be disorganized when we don't know it? Or do you think it's more like the latter, we're just not together? I think we're just not together. We don't want to be together. I remember back, you know, we had just almost got out of slavery when I'm 70 years old. Well, and again, it's not just slavery. Uh, the voting rights uh, was just in 19, 1950s, yeah. I believe. So yeah. actually, uh, blacks actually been so all some so called totally free just in the last sixty years. Now yeah. we did have uh many big uh developments uh in our history. Naturally we had uh Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Black Wall Street where blacks were definitely free that they controlled their own economy and many other places such as Bronzeville, such as Harlem. So the economy was controlled and we did uh set the pace. Uh, mm -hmm. But actually, by law, it was only in the 1950s that we actually were totally free people. So that's not long ago. 60, yeah, you're right. And behind years. that time, look like my parents and my neighborhood, we, we had what you call like the village, where everybody looked out for everyone. Mm -hmm. And we all got one to help one another, help with the children. See, now... The way this plan is now, you cannot whoop your child, so what do that make him when you can't discipline him? So well, it's a whole lot got to do with that. Correct. It's a lot so, out there got to do with it. Well, I'm going to the opinion, even based on you making that statement, that for the most part I believe that uh, 
the black community is organized to be disorganized, where we tend to blame each other when there is another force that's actually uh, pushing the buttons to make us disorganized, and we continue to attack each other opposed to going to the source of our problems. Uh, and I believe that Harold Washington um, did that in a way, uh, one of his speeches he stated, it's our turn. Yeah. And as he said, it's our turn, people understood that. I believe that other nationalities understood it, and some nationalities actually accepted it. Yes, it's their turn. When there is a group of people that are in the majority, they should uh, rule. He made yeah. that very clearly, and I think he made it clearly even the point of how they uh, changed the, the racial power in South Africa. Uh, it was their turn to do so. Um, yeah. But I'm thinking that also that how can we be able to, do we wait for that spirit of a Harold Washington or do we some kind of way continue to find a way to to do it? I think we could do it and uh, the same way we did with Harold Washington. But now, if, I believe if the media bring a certain gentleman out, uh, you know, like the other day, I was watching this guy. What's the name? Um, Ram, Ram Emanuel. Yeah, Emmanuel Ram, uh, yeah. the chief of staff of Barack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He come to Chicago like he a rock star. <laughs> People coming all out the woodwork shaking this guy's hand. And he even said he was mayor yet. He's grinning saying, well, I think I would like to become the mayor. Uh, well, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> yeah, Am I right? right? Yeah. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. They throw that media on them. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. And people like media. Right. Yeah, they, want somebody yeah. to, huh? mm-hmm. they want somebody yeah. to tell them, show them. Okay. And now he got backings, I believe, to, be, to become mayor. Mm-hmm. He got that smile on his face. Okay. <laughs> well, so, I, you don't uh, think that Barack Obama will turn his back on uh, uh Either one of them. Uh, naturally, he owed Barack Obama, and then as a person, part of his staff. Uh, do you feel as though that Obama has the the power to able to, I say, dictate the politics of Chicago the same way uh, former Mayor Daley and present Mayor Daley? Uh, or would he? Do he have the power? Or do you think he will ever try to engage in that power? That may not be a fair question, but I threw it out there anyway. Well, I think the popularity and how people all over the world came out. People never voted before. People that were Republicans all came out to vote for Obama. Mm-hmm. And I do believe if Obama decides to do whatever, he would get a whole lot of backing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, maybe uh, let's, uh, Haji, if we can, uh, I don't know if we want to move on to this break, Sonia. We want to um, open the line to bring another caller on. Well, well we're going to go to a break right now, but Mr. Shabazz, we want you to stay on the line. Can you? Yeah, I could be on. Okay, okay. great. And-
And we're gonna we're gonna put you on hold. We're gonna go to the break, and then we're gonna bring Miss Williams on because we want you to uh, come back again with Miss Williams towards the end of the show. Okay. Okay. So you just I, want I, me to hold? Yeah, I want you to listen. I want you to kick okay. back and listen. You over there cutting hair? Yeah, I'm about through now. You about through now? Yeah. We're going to come back, and uh, if there's anybody in the shop, we're going to ask them what they think about hair when we come back, when we talk to Ms. Williams, okay? Okay. I'll hold on. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Purdue. We'll be right back after this break. Rainy night in Georgia 
Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Join us today and touch the world. That was Rainy Night in Georgia, Georgia, performed by Sam Cooke and Conway Ooh. Twitty. I know him a little bit. Oh, different. wow. That's Sam <laughs> Cooke? That was Sam that Cooke? Was, that, that was Sam Cooke. And I, I, I read across the somewhere. I said, I like that. What that is that? nothing like Sam Cooke. I thought it was Britain or something to that nature. Now, that's him. If you listen to it again, it's, it's him. It sounds like him. But Ooh. at first it doesn't in the beginning. But as he goes along and at the end, it does sound like him. That's Sam Cooke. And uh, I thought about it this this evening. I said, well, everybody's got a Harold Washington story in Chicago. But if you grew up in Chicago or any other city, you got a uh, – if you grew up in Chicago, you got a Sam Cooke, you got a Jerry Butler, you got a uh, – like Mr. Uh, Shabazz, you got a Impression, well, you, you know. You got a yeah, you, you got a you got some you know what I'm saying. Well, you know, Sam Cooke used to perform on the corner when he was a kid on the corner of 35th and Cottage Grove. He used to stand on the corner and collect money right down the street from where we are now. Did he really? Well, he did. Uh, we got that uh, history from um, uh, ooh, shame on me. Um, the guy that did our, um, ooh, uh, Richard Pegue. <laughs> there you oh, go. Richard I almost Pegue. forgot it. Yeah, he I gave me that history. He gave you that history. I'm going to give you a history. Uh, Sam Cook, my uh, mother and her siblings, uh, they were born in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they lived, uh, when they were very small, they lived on 31st and Giles, which is Bronzeville in Chicago, for those listening. Uh, in St. Louis, like Amazing Faith in the chat room. Thank you for joining us this evening. And they lived on 31st and Giles, and Robin Cook and his family, they lived down the street. 
Now, they tell all these different stories. You know, everybody come up in the choir. So my Uncle Albert Purdue, he sung in the choir with Sam Cooke and a couple of the okay. other ones. And okay. they did all of that. And he tells the story about how uh, Sam Cooke and his brother only had one pair of pants at one time. Oh, and they used to put a couple uh, Right, that explains him on the corner singing for money. He had to, had to. <laughs> and so, and so him right. and his brother used to change pants so they could come outside and play. One would go in the house, put on the pants, and the other would come out and play. My uncle told me that story. Oh, <laughs> but, okay. But, he, but anyway, uh, they grew up together. My uncle did sing in that choir with them. And But mm. he was a te- when he became a teenager, he started chasing women. He, he missed his opportunity, and all through my life, uncle's life because he was a good singer he he missed his opportunity he became a teenager and he wanted to chase women he didn't want to be okay. up in the church singing and he didn't want to do what they were doing and uh and no disrespect to reverend cook he accused reverend cook of taking his money and buying suits and not giving them <laughs> any money you know but him and reverend cook remained friends uh, you know throughout we, i right. mean i think reverend cook died in the 90s or 80s so they were still right. associated yeah. but he he said it was taking his money wouldn't give him no money so he wanted yeah, to quit it bronzeville <laughs> got a whole bunch of good history especially with musicians from even uh uh nat king cole and uh quincy oh, jones and uh oh, that's right just for just for and i recall I came home, I was a very little girl. My my family eventually moved to 35th and Princeton over there where the White Sox Ballpark now sits. And, yes, right. my grandfather did sell his house to the Comiskey uh, Ballpark at that time. But um, I came home, I was a little bitty girl. I came home, and my uncle was sitting there all red-eyed, looking all funny. And I asked my grandma, what's wrong with him? Because I love my uncle very much, my Uncle Albert. And she said, Sam Cook died. And he was just, he was torn apart. He was very much torn apart. I guess it was the early 60s, the early 60s. But uh, they had a history together. And it's so many, so many stories. But our story tonight is Harold Washington, and everyone has one. But we're going to go, uh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to Ang- Angela Williams. Executive Director of the Southeast Chamber of Commerce and a member of Black Wall Street Chicago, and she shares uh, with us to say the black business on the uh, southeast side of Chicago because she's been waiting very, very patiently, and we want to bring her on. And then we're going to want to go and see who's at the barbershop and what they think about Harold. Angie, welcome to the show, and thank you for your patience. Thank you, Sonia. Hi, Angie Williams. How are you? The executive director of the Southeast Chamber of Commerce that puts on such a lovely program. Well, thank you, Ron. You're such a classy guy, and that statement right there proved it. Oh, buddy. Yeah, dog. See, that's going to stick in my head when I walk down the street. I'm going to have to get that Barack Obama walk that uh, okay. Haji was talking about. <laughs> so how okay. are you doing, and how is the Southeast Chamber of Commerce in Chicago uh, doing overall? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, the Southeast Chicago Chamber of Commerce is doing wonderful. They're doing wonderful things. We are working on our uh, special service area for the Calumet Heights uh, Avalon community, and uh, that project uh, is a, you know, pri- I'm sorry, public-private partnership and with pro- uh, property owners, you know, paying additional tax for, you know, providing uh, services in the neighborhood like security. Uh, beautification, cleanup, uh, festivals, and parades. 
So uh, we've been working on this for some time now, and uh, with Alderman Michelle Harris's 200% support, we feel very, very comfortable about our project at this time and the progress that is moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, you made the uh, motion uh, at a Black Wall Street summit, um, was that February 27th? And right. As you made that motion that Stony Island become a Black Wall Street district, uh, and, and again, as I always say, I question uh, why would you make such a uh, motion to the to the body to uh, include Stony Island as a Black Wall Street district? And you made your response. Uh, can you elaborate uh, why? Uh, you did so. What's so unique about Stony Island that you felt that it should be a Black Wall Street district? Well, I, you know, I made that motion because I feel very passionate uh, about, about the black businesses on Stony Island. And when uh, I had the experience of attending uh, the excellent summit that you had, uh, it, it just like a light bulb came on in my head. And I just thought about all the black businesses. It's over 80% of black businesses along Stony Island all the way up to 94th Street, right, you know, before you get to the Vidoc, including uh, Brownsville Children's Museum, which is right there at 93rd and Stony Island on the corner. So um, as I was thinking of that, I said, well, this would be an excellent opportunity, you know, for black businesses on Stony Island to get recognized as a black Wall Street district. Uh, there are uh, black dollars being spent in this community, and it would just be a wonderful project to uh, connect uh, Stony Island businesses to the Black Wall Street Chicago project. So that think, was, go ahead. Yeah. Do you think that it is a quiet secret that it has that much uh, representation of black businesses uh, the same way it caught the eye of 75th Street? where uh, for the most part there is frustrations in the black community because of the lack of business that people see. So in the light of 75th Street, which is 90% black businesses, and now Stony Island, uh, is that, I have to admit, that was somewhat a quiet secret to me that it had that much representation. Do you think that that is fairly known throughout Chicago, or does it need to be played up a little bit more? Hello? Yes. Brian, I think that we lost her. She's back on oh, the line okay. now. Let me let me bring her in. You know these, okay. Yeah. You're back on the line oh, yeah. now. Oh, okay, thank you. You know, now. these cell phones, they have a mind of their own. Uh, okay, I'm I hope you didn't say a speech that we, we missed. No. <laughs> did you hear I'm did sorry. you hear my question? No, I I heard you say something. No, I didn't. Repeat it, please. Okay, do you feel as though that because Stony Island as you made it note that Stony Island is eighty percent black businesses, do you feel as though that that is well known throughout the city of Chicago? And uh just want to add a little bit more on there. Uh is is it a quiet secret or is it fairly known? about that uh, parity of black businesses there. Right. I think Stony Island was a quiet secret until it got exposed to Black Wall Street. Uh, it's, you know, uh, I've never really thought about it before, but when I really put some thought into it and I've walked up and down Stony Island uh, several times, you know, passing out literature and membership information for the chamber, uh, I had to, it just became a reality, a realization that 
these black business owners on Stony Island Avenue on the southeast side of Chicago need to be a part of Black Wall Street and declared a Black Wall Street district. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we uh, historically and not necessarily historically, uh, as Black Wall Street begins to move forward to its national convention in August, and we mm-hmm. communicate with other cities uh, and getting their experiences as far as black businesses is the same as though it's nowhere near what it should be. Matter of fact, it's far from what it should be. We had a, a guest on um, Chicago Black Business Network program, I believe, uh, uh, Doreen. That was, how long ago was that? Last week, uh, Doreen was on the air, Sonia? Uh, Doreen Teller from uh, Greensboro, Georgia. That was week before last. Uh, okay, the, uh, yeah. She made the statement that there they had a town that was 90% black and mm-hmm. only 3% of the businesses uh, were black and 90% population and that the black community were somewhat uh, afraid to move an agenda for fair representation of businesses. Um, so I guess Chicago with 75th Street and Stony Island uh, look like we have a real story to tell, not just to the Chicago population, but to the to the to the uh, United States. Right. Uh, we have. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mom. Mm-hmm. No, I was so, going to say we we have a story to tell the world. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Stony Island Avenue. Uh, it, it has so much uh, pride as being uh, predominantly a black-owned business. Mm-hmm you know, uh, strip. And uh, it, it's, it's just time for the uh, businesses on Stony Island to be recognized. Well, let me ask you another question, um, Angie, even as it relates to the topic of the uh, Remembering Harold Washington. As uh, Brother Haji indicated, that there's definitely is a difference, even to the point of the attitude of people in City Hall. If the uh, Black Wall Street would be able to ignite some type of movement on claiming its community and its business districts to sustain and increase that, uh, do you think that can equivalent the the movement that Harold Washington had politically in the, among the black community? Uh, yes, I do, because, uh, well, you know, I was quite, um, you know, kind of young when Harold Washington was running for Were you a baby during that time? Well, I wasn't a baby. Were you a baby during that time? (laughs) But I was a young adult. So uh, I remember that, I remember the pride and the hope that, you know, inspired uh, black people at that time. You know, uh, his So we're talking about 20 years ago, maybe about 20, 23 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember. And I remember collecting every news article out of every newspaper that I could find of Harold Washington, and and I used to uh, glue it in a uh, photo album, and uh, you know that was I was just so happy, you know. And and black businesses today, you know, I believe black business owners today who have been in business for at least twenty years because he's been you know deceased now for about twenty something years. Uh, I believe he instilled that inspiration and that pride in them, you know, for them to last this long 
especially along Stony Island Avenue, you know, is is really really. Uh, so the black amazing. business can outweigh a a uh, an individual, even though as much as hair washing contributed worldwide, there were uh, people all over the world, news people all over the world coming to. Uh, cover the Hale Washington uh, election basically the same way they did Barack Obama. Um, so an ongoing campaign economically could maybe fit the spirit that Hale Washington gave uh, Chicago. Maybe it's that time. <laughs> um, yeah, it is that time. Yeah, it, it definitely is because, you know, black businesses have been, uh, even though, you know, uh, they do thrive in this economy. You know, they you know they're trying to sustain sustain and maintain their businesses. It's still, you know, black businesses are still treated separately and unequal. You know, to other American businesses, you know, who continue to uh, be successful, who continue to increase their capital. See, it's it's uh, it's always well, I wouldn't say always, but it is a race and politics issue and uh i believe black wall street you know making a like a rocket shot you know like the rocket going to the moon off the ground the way it is right now i believe uh all of this will come to the forefront and um america as we mentioned before you know with the uh main headquarters of black wall street being in oakland and the you know national agenda that uh the national director michael carter has Mm-hmm. And your vision for Chicago, this is going to skyrocket and put black businesses. They're already on the map, but we're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna make an explosion on the map. Okay. Well, I guess then that can um, it don't necessarily have to be a individual that ignites the uh, the black community to to move uh, some more notches up, but it can be a a, a project, a program. Uh, such as that long frustrations that we have with black businesses, that Black Wall Street can't ignite that type of movement. And I, I, uh, I will look forward to our national summit in August. That that definitely will send that message uh, that it's that time. Um, right. Again, not just for Chicago, but for the nation. Uh, do you believe that the community of now your area in Chicago? You cover maybe about four different communities and maybe four different political wards. Uh, and, uh, well, the boundaries of the uh, Southeast Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, our boundaries uh, cover two wards, part of the 7th Ward, and we're mostly in the 8th Ward. Uh, our boundaries uh, include on the north 79th Street, on the south to 95th Street from East Paxton Avenue as far west as uh, Greenwood Avenue. So those are the boundaries that we serve. You know, the, uh, our constituents are there, but anyone can become a member of the Southeast Chicago Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. Does the, um, uh, speaking about the, uh, I guess the dynamics of the community, um, is there a, more of a ward identification among the residents, or is there more of a community identification among the uh, the residents? If you understand what I'm asking here. If you uh, can you tell me what you mean by identification? 
Well, uh, say for the Eighth Ward, it has it is almost a community within itself, based on this history with the uh, Stroger family and this political might that it has. Right. So a lot of times, people will walk down the street and say, and say proudly, "I live in the Eighth Ward," or do they say, "Well, I live in um, South Chicago," or "I live uh, in uh, on Peel Hill," so to speak. So what okay. is the flavor? Do they feel, they do they identify with the ward or do they identify with their community? I believe it's a mixture. Uh, I believe a lot of people do identify with the community, just like you mentioned, you know, uh, Peel Hill or Chatham or Adeline, you know. I believe they uh, uh, do identify by community, but also uh, by ward as well. But I hear... I would say it's a mixture. I would say it's 70, 30. I would say, you know, community identification versus ward communication, uh, uh, community. I mean, and uh, that's because people have pride in where they live. And uh, when you have pride in where you live, you tend to talk about it a little more and, you know, to express where, so where you live at. So you're a community than you would say, uh, political, uh, based on how people feel about where they live in your service area. Well, you know, you always need that political agenda to move your community forward. So I wouldn't totally say, you know, I guess on the political side, you know, yeah, we need our alderman who is uh, Michelle Harris. She's doing a fabulous job as alderman in our ward. She's doing some, working on some wonderful projects and everything. And, yeah, uh, you know, for the first time at the at the breakfast that you uh, are a sponsor, that was my first time meeting her, and uh, she's definitely a my first impression is a, a good woman and sincere, uh, and right. very supportive of what you all are doing. Oh uh, yeah, just like I mentioned before, you know, she's uh, two hundred percent behind our project for this SSA and to bring this beautification back into the community, which you know I'm glad you. Uh, ask me that question about identification. You know, our community uh, will identify with this project that we're working on. We're going to bring the beauty back to 87th Street. Haji, I didn't forget about you, and we're going to work on 87th Street soon. Uh, you know, bring that pride back to Stony Island Avenue. You know, for, for Christmas, make it beautiful. You know, we have the tree on 87th Street right there. But, you know, we want to bring the community, we want to light it up. And so, you know, without Alderman Michelle Harris, we, we couldn't do that. So, yeah, she is very, very important in uh, the aspect well, of Well, 87th community. Street, Stony Island is a, uh, is a major, it's almost like a freeway uh, with the amount of traffic that goes down that street uh, north and south. Uh, right. And then from a lot of, it's a thorough street to the loop, um, and so the marketing strategy to get those people to park their cars and shop on uh, Stony Island, I guess that needs to be the, the, the focus as well. Or do you see that when the amount of traffic that goes up and down Stony Island, are those uh, customers or are they basically people driving through? How do you feel about that amount of traffic that's going through there? Okay, well, uh, I believe it's uh, a lot of people that drive through, you know, to get to the Bishop Ford and, you know, uh, to get to the South Suburbs and everything. But I do believe that uh, a lot of people do drive down Stony Island uh, to to shop. 
you know, that's what we do. That's how black businesses have been able to stay and maintain for 20 years on Stony Island because of the support that they get from the commuters that drive up and down Stony Island every day. Have there been any type of uh, study uh, exactly how much traffic is going through there between certain people? No, not counting the normal rush hour in the morning and in the evening, but there, have there been any type of actual count of the amount of uh, traffic that uh, comes through Stony Island? Especially uh, in your uh, strip. Right. They all, well, I don't have the accurate, precise information, but I do believe, uh, I believe, you know, what, about 200? I can't say. I can't say what the, uh, what the number well, yeah, might I'd be. I'd be good to kind of get that information to see exactly how much of a market that's actually going through and then the idea of how uh, we can actually get that market to stop Uh because, yes, it's, it's definitely a lot. I know when I go up and down Stony, uh, I do somewhat kind of look for other things as well, but it's still, like right. I say, almost a, a freeway. So right. how would you feel that if, uh, I guess, two questions for you, the uh, the spirit of a black Wall Street for those different communities that you represent versus the spirit of another here in Washington? What will you think will the community would like to see, or is it equal? I would. I think they would like to see uh, the spirit of Harold Washington through Black Wall Street, uh, and I believe uh, Black Wall Street is going to make this happen for a lot of African American communities. And uh, when I say this, I'm saying it uh, from the heart that Black Wall Street is what Black businesses need you know, in order to uh, get the strength and the exposure and the guidance. Well, they already have guidance because they've been maintaining for so long, but that leadership uh, from uh, prominent organizations such as Black Wall Street, you know, I believe that all of this will, his spirit will come back alive through the, you know, the, uh, the mission and the vision of Black Wall Street, and you know, which is to enhance, you know, and strengthen these, com you know, commercial districts, you know, to make Black Wall Street clean and safe and attractive, you know, for for everybody's enjoyment, not just you know African American, but a diverse uh, population. So you know, with that vision in mind, and uh, and with this kickoff reception tomorrow. Uh, at the uh, Black Wall Street office, uh, I think all of this leading up to the national summit is just going to, you know. Right. Well, I can say with your uh, taking on the leadership uh, with Black Wall Street as the secretary, but then uh, let's not leave that because you, as you serve as executive director of the Southeast Chamber of Commerce and uh, beyond the the secretarial uh, duties that you provide, your organizing and your support and taking on that leadership as a board member is what makes Black Wall Street what it is. Uh, and so Thank I, you. I, I, I am uh, proud to be working with a, a bunch of good people that uh, really make things happen from the sincerity of what needs to happen. 
Right. I don't know, uh, uh, Sonia. Do we have another uh, caller or? Sonia? I wasn't asleep. I'm here. Yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> I know you wasn't asleep. I know you wasn't asleep. I'm okay. Well, she put a lot of heavy weight on Black Wall Street, I'll tell you that. Yes, I did. I just want to sneak this in real quick. The uh, Southeast Chicago Chamber of Commerce, along with uh, State Representative Marlo Coven's office, will be hosting uh, its uh, second biannual networking event at the Regal Theater, Tuesday, June 15th from 6 to 9 p.m., and we're inviting everyone out, and it's going to be a wonderful evening, and... uh, Thank you for that announcement. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, hold on. Don't go nowhere, Angie. Don't go. We got a still a lot of conversations. You we did act like she was getting ready to run with that, didn't right, you? Right, right, right. Where is it at again? <laughs> we laid back, Angela. Where is it okay. at again, Angela? Say what now? Oh, the uh, networking event is going to be held at the beautiful fabulous Regal Theater, 1608 East. 79th Street on Tuesday, June 15th from 6 to 9 p.m. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, Angela did come in like a dynamo, didn't she, Ryan? We got, she, yes, she's she making did. everybody else step up to the game, isn't she? Mm-hmm. And, no, I, and I like that challenge, too, Angela. I like that in her. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. Stay with us, Angela. We're going to be right back after this break. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. I, um, Sonia Perdue founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Our host is Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. And we want to thank you for being with us this evening, but we want, to, want you to do more than that. If you are a Chicagoan and you're on the line listening to us, or if you are a Chicagoan and you're in the chat room, uh, we want you to call in and be part of the show. We want you to tell us about your memories of Harold Washington. That's what Black Wall Street is asking us. This evening, how do you remember Harold Washington? His birthday was April 15th, and this is how we're paying our respects to Mr. Washington. We thank each and every one of you for joining us, and we got, we got some return guests, and we appreciate that. Thank you, Black Achievement, for stopping by almost every week. We appreciate it. We'll be right back after this break. I got my mind made up. Ain't nothing going to stop me from feeling this way. I'm feeling good. Ain't nothing wrong with a good thing, and I'm making history on this day. Oh, I'm feeling good. But the reason for all this energy is because I feed off the power of faith, optimism, and positivity. And in case you didn't know it, the fun has started. And all efforts to maintain it cannot be done half-hearted. Now recognize... They say time flies when you're having fun, but I say the more time you got for fun, the less time flies. The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing, the flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening. And I'm feeling good. I got my mind made up, ain't nothing going to stop me from feeling this way. I'm feeling good, ain't nothing going with a good thing, and I'm making history on this day. Oh, I'm feeling good. I've been But the reason for this smile on my face and why I appreciate every breath 
It's because I'm surrounded by a lot of love and respect. Plus, I realize the more we appreciate, the more we get back. And that's not theory, it's fact. But you want to know the real reason why I'm just grinning and cheesing? It's simply because I'm still breathing. The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing. The flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening. And I'm feeling good. My mind made up, ain't nothing going to stop me feeling this way. I'm feeling good, ain't nothing wrong with a good thing. And I'm making history on this day. I'm feeling good. I've been wanted with so much now that I've learned to appreciate. And I'm feeling good. I'm great day to be alive, but this life never felt so great. But the real reason I'm excited is because I recognize negativity and know exactly how to fight it. Plus, it's by my conscience in which I am guided. I am way too blessed to be stressed. For me, nothing is impossible. I am too reluctant to succumb to the pressures of worldly obstacles. The sun is rising, the birds are starting to sing, the flowers are blossoming, oh, something great is happening, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling Listening to Black Wall Street USA with your host, Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Perdue, co-host for this segment. That was CBBN member Inspire out of Las Vegas with something great. Please stop by our website and give Inspire your support. That's N-S-I-P-R-E. If you do a search on Chicago's Black Business Network.com, you will find some great music by this young man. Wanted to share one thing, and then we want to go to uh, the caller that we have on the line. Want to let everyone know that there is a class over here at Black Wall Street this evening. Mr. Ernest Armstrong, Black Wall Street member, is offering a business and planning and improvement seminar on Thursday evening. Evenings. This seminar is designed to provide information for those who are considering going into business and need to establish a written plan of action. This is part of the Black Wall Street re- outreach to the community. Now, if you know the AMs for a successful business, then you don't need this class. But if you, like me, you can't think of two M's for a successful business, then you do need this class. You may contact Mr. Armstrong at 312-624-8351, 312-624-8351 for additional information. This is the first class, so you still have time to sign up. The classes are over here at 449 East 35th Street. This evening, Black Wall Street USA asked the question, how do you remember Harold Washington? And our guest is Mr. Haji 
Shabazz, which we're going to go back to, Mr. Shabazz. He's still on the line. He's the owner of Truth and Soul Barbershop. And Ms. Angela Williams, Executive Director of Southeast Chamber of Commerce and the Secretary of Black, for Black Wall Street Chicago, as well as being the head of the Black Wall Street District over there on Stony Island. Angie, wow. That's all I can say. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. We want to go to the caller from the 571 area code. Let's welcome our host back. You're on the line, 571. Tell us your name and where you're calling from. Caller 571? Yes, okay. yes. Uh, this is Black you? Achievement. Call me Yes, hello. Calling from the Washington, D.C. area. Okay. Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, and, you know, I, I mean, how much money does Black Wall Street receive from the city of Chicago? Meaning public uh, dollars do you receive not. from the city? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Because that, 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 here's, my, here's my concern, my, my, my question, um, follow-up, sir. I respect highly. Everything that you do, everything that I've been listening to your show for a couple of months, every program, every guest you have on is highly intelligent, dedicated, passionate about economics within the African-American community. And it has a purpose to it. But let me say, I recently just left my hometown a week ago. I was in my hometown for, of Detroit, Michigan for a week. Mm-hmm. And as I was driving into the city of Detroit, coming up uh, north from uh, Toledo, I'm on I-75, and as I entered the city of Detroit for the first time, I saw a sign directing me to Mexican Town. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm just this is what I saw. It wasn't there when I was in Detroit last, so I, I just noticed Mexican Town exit so and so. Okay. If you're in the city of Detroit, 95 percent of the supermarkets are owned by Arabs or Chaldean. Mm-hmm. There's a Mexican town there that is fully 100% supported by the city of Detroit. Mexicans are only 3% of the population in Detroit. That's, you know, and the support is exemplified by the sign and the thing, places directing you to Mexican town. Now, now, my point is this. Mexicans, that 3%, only shop in Mexican town. You can go to any Arab Chaldean-owned supermarket in the city of Detroit, you won't find one Mexican there. Not one. Matter of fact, you won't find one Arab there or Chaldean. Correct. If they're there, they're working, they ain't shopping. All you right. understand what I'm saying? It's only okay. blacks in these stores. Mm-hmm. And they, so in the that was, that's your statement or that's your question? Or are you you just kind of emphasize? Well, well I'm, 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 going, I'm, going, so, I'm going somewhere with it. I'm going somewhere with it. I'm going somewhere with it. Uh, just one second. Um, so, I mean, Mexican town is supported, and Mexican, and, and, and that's their incubator. That's their capital, and it's growing. And, and Mexican town is nice. Okay, in the city of Detroit, the reason why I ask you if you get any support from the city of Chicago, in the city of Detroit, and other cities, we have quote unquote. Black Wall Streets. They don't call themselves Black Wall Streets, but we have black businessmen in every city and women who receive millions and millions of dollars of state 
uh, municipal and federal. Correct. Style. Same here in Chicago. That's in this is to many uh, cities, right? Okay. But, 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 but my point, Black Wall Street is, and recently in Detroit, we had a gentleman who owned five fine dining restaurants, and these restaurants are pretty nice. And for five, ten years, he peacocked around the city like he was a big businessman, right. and all okay. alone. He didn't have none of his money in these businesses. All the, 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 the money coming from the businesses came from nonprofit and, 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 and local government. Tens okay. of millions of dollars. These, all right. all, the, these businesses are all bankrupt today. Okay. And, so and, and where, are you, still, where, where are you getting, where are you going with well, your point? My, my point is, it's great to talk about Black Wall Street when there is no support. But there are places that do get support for black businesses, and we don't, they don't do anything. And there's never any outcry. There's never any accountability. And it defeats the purpose that is the of the purpose, same sir, I mean, that's, excuse me, see, that's, the, that's two of the initiative purposes why the first two black Wall Streets in Chicago is getting attention. Because what it is, it's not always, it's about sustaining and sustaining the business, that means that we're going to bring attention to them. Naturally, uh, the two streets that we're talking about here in Chicago, 75th Street is 90% black businesses. Stony Island is 80% black businesses. What we're speaking about is sustaining. We're also speaking about increasing to the point that where there is potential land development, that that is the part of increasing. So there is a lot that, you know, we can do that we're not doing, but there's those things that we are doing to help sustain. I understand in Detroit they try to have two concepts similar to a black Wall Street district, and each time they uh, they got turned down by the city council uh, based on some land uh, question. So there is a lot that we can do, and then there's a lot that we are doing that because, as we indicated earlier in the uh, in the program, is that as we look at Black Wall Street District in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in 1921, and then as we look at Bronzeville, we look at Harlem, that economic base was there uh automatically compared to now that they're not. Whatever happened that is not there, whatever happened that uh, the Mexican town that is 3% of uh, Detroit have a sign that indicate this way to Mexican town, the same thing is what we're doing when we're talking about Black Wall Street uh, for 75th Street and Stony Island. We're pointing the errors to increase what we have and to build what we uh, what we do have, so we want those businesses on Stony Island and Seventy Fifth Street to increase their revenue so that they can expand to uh, Detroit or they can expand to Gary or they can expand to the West Side of Chicago to Madison Avenue. So we do have some real frustrations in our dilemma. Black Wall Street came out of barbershop talk of frustrations of a guy sitting around talking about 
what needs to happen, and then somebody clicked and said, well, this is what we're going to do. So out of our frustrations, and I even if I can take this back to the Hale Washington subject, that out of that frustrations, uh, I believe, you know, I was a part of that, it was not necessarily just Hale Washington, but it was the issues that were surrounding that made Hale Washington more profound than what he is. It was the Jane Byrne uh uh, and, and, the, and the school board, it was CHA, it was CTA. She was stopping the uh, public transportation from going into certain communities. She wasn't uh, doing the snow. She was uh, disrespecting uh, leadership that was on the Board of Education. So there was a migration of issues, and it just so happens that Hale Washington popped up that the community wanted some change. So he was carrying the agenda, and as we talked about earlier in the show, whether is the it, would it take a Hale Washington to ignite the black community, or would it take something like a Black Wall Street that's not necessarily is is not an individual, but a spirit and a movement. Even as we looked at Gary, Indiana, uh, which looked like a ghost town, but we still have to generate. That movement, and as we talked earlier again in this show, there was only in nineteen uh nineteen and nineteen fifties that blacks were totally free based on the civil rights laws that was changed that actually so we still have a different history compared to others, and i you know I'm kind of going off here a little bit, but at the same time, the question was asked, are we so disorganized? Or are we organized to be disorganized is what we got to be aware of that we don't continue to attack each other when out of our frustrations. So uh, the the big picture is, uh, yes, we want unity. Yes, we want to make things happen. But how can we actually engage ourselves? And right now, uh, the people that's involved with Black Wall Street we're looking at this as one way uh, to make that happen because it's not necessarily about just those businesses that's growing. It's about the mindset of the people that we're trying to uh, ignite as well, not just to support those businesses, but to feel that pride to the point that if it ain't in our neighborhood, then it doesn't exist. So that's my – I hope that that kind of – address some of the things that you were speaking about. Uh, even for, you say you're from Washington, D.C.? Yes. Okay, in Washington, D.C., is there a point of uh, that blacks there, is it going to take a, a movement, even to the point that in Washington, D.C., you got the black president, uh, did that ignite a certain type of feel from the blacks in Washington, D.C., to have a sense of power to make things happen, or they do they need a, a, a mayor of Washington, D.C. to make that happen, or do they need a, a movement that's not associated with an individual to make things happen? Here in Chicago, we are engaging in a movement to try to make things happen and not waiting on that individual. We would love to have another here in Washington like we would love to have another Barack Obama, but Barack Obama, in my opinion, 
even though I know him personally, he's so far from what we would like for him to be uh, uh, compared to a Hale Washington where we see, feel, and touch him on a regular basis. So in Washington, D.C., what do you feel that will help to ignite an, an economic or a movement for and back up? What's the population of Washington, D.C.? Is it still about 80% black? No, it's about fifty-five percent black. Fifty-five percent. Oh, okay. Fifty-five percent black. But but here here is a point that I wanted to touch on about DC and about every other place. Black Wall Street. There are monies. There are programs to offset the historic discrimination that blacks went through under Jim Crow and mm-hmm. the access to capital. That's how yeah. these black businesses get their monies in the name of past. You know discrimination and leveling the playing field. They are they they get money in D.C. They get money for housing. They get money for nonprofit ventures. Do blacks in Washington D.C. do they are they in parity of fifty percent of the uh, the contracts, fifty percent of the employment of Washington D.C. No, and they're not trying to get fifty percent. That's not that's not. No, it's not. It's not. No, no. Uh, Are they in parity to the population of the wealth in Washington D.C.? No, no. Okay, what 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 part percentage do you think or you see that blacks are in Washington D.C. is based on the wealth? Zero. Zero? It got to be more than zero. No, bro. I, I'm trying to. T- see, you, you, no, you because it you got to be more than zero. Is it five percent, ten percent, or? I'm trying to be zero, brother. I'm trying to be. I'm trying. You ask. I'm telling you, it, it's zero, zero. I, if you, you go. But I cannot believe that. I think you're over under exaggerating your point. Are you telling me that blacks do not have one uh, percent of the contracts? And the development in Washington D.C. See, you, you, your question presupposes that there is a constructive effort to give blacks a piece of the pie in D.C. No, my question is, and there is no what percentage of parity of the wealth of Washington D.C. that I, blacks have? That's my I'm, question. And I, and, I, and I just said none, zero. And I don't know why people find that hard. Yeah, it's hard for me to believe that. I, I don't know why. I don't can, know why you. I, I, here's the thing. Here's my point. I'm trying. Uh, Capitol Hill, Georgetown, uh, Dupont Circle, uh, Adams Morgan, uh, uh, Southeast DC. I can take you to all these places, and there's no black thriving businesses going on. It's well, all you know, controlled. You need to be here, and you need what? to be here in August, or we need to come there in Washington DC. Uh, and kind of no, raise I, that question, if that I, I is the case. The question is raised every day. The question is raised all the time. It's not a question that we don't people don't know. The question is, and I've said this several times, that people do get monies in in the name of black enterprise. But black but enterprise that's not 0% then. Again, then you're over-exaggerated. That's not 0%. That's least got to be uh, 0.1%. I'll ask you a direct question. What percentage of do blacks get of the contracts in Washington D.C.? If it's a zero point zero one percent, or is it five percent? 
You understand I'm what I'm, I'm trying to ask you? I mean, yeah, I, I'm asking you for the actual right. facts. If you don't know the facts, it's okay. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to tell you as best I can. You're asking me what percentage of contracts do blacks receive from the state of Maryland, the state of Virginia, the District of Columbia? I'm telling you, it's zero percent. But then even with even, well, even no, no, because you, I mean, you're not. When you see a black person get a contract, that contract is not is not tied to any black economic development program. That contract is tied to the relationship that that black has with white business. Oh my God! That's not Y'all a black really contract. That's, that's, no, that, and when the black uh, 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 contractor uh, becomes a minority contractor, they sell out. So what would it, it, so what do you mean you want me to tell you that because a a black man got a 5% deal and next year and and, and it, but the, the deal is not structured for him to grow black business like black wall street it's not it's set up for him to get rich and sell out to his white benefactors and that's what happens well uh and, let me put it this nobody, way nobody. i believe that the the I'm not for sure. Uh, it's been a while since I've been to Washington D.C. Um, and I believe that you know it, it's it's kind of hard to fathom 50 percent and no. where is the leadership even to the point that I will well here here here, that here, here, here. We do something like a Black Wall Street in Washington D.C. Well, well here, here's my like I said do you there think is possible. A, well, no, any you, know, you can do whatever you want to do. Uh, well, anything. I mean, we only well, do why, it why, if there's why, leadership that will invite us. Well, 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 I mean, if you wait for somebody to invite you, then no, you can't do it. Uh, well, you I'm, do I'm it. talking to you right now. Would you invite us? You can come. You don't need an invitation from me to tell you to come. Yes, I do. We need some leadership. We need. As I'm asking you the questions now, if I'm asking you the questions now, I need insight. You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome to come to D.C., Maryland, and Virginia and do whatever you want to do. You're Would you like to welcome. take my telephone number or you want to uh, uh, send your telephone number to me so we can call and talk about this further? Sure. Give me your number. Uh, you can reach us at area code 312-624-8351. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, what, what's your name, sir? I'm sorry I didn't get your name, uh, the Bob, Black Bob, Achievement. Bob. Bob. Bob, what does Black Achievement, uh, is that an organization or is that a, um, uh, what is that? Uh, no, it's it, 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 talk radio uh, tag moniker or something. You know, that, that's all it is, just an alias. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. It's not, well, it's not, uh, it's not tied to any, uh, you know, massive organization or it's just me, just me. Mhm. Okay. Well, I do remember when Harold Washington. Uh, I did go to Washington D.C. Uh, when I was uh, when Harold Washington was alive as well. And when I did go there, uh, when people found out that I was from Chicago, it was a sense of welcome, and even to the point that when I went to Africa. Uh, that was during the time that Harold Washington was alive. It used to be bang, bang, uh, Al Capone. But people actually said, how was Harold doing? And we we, we had some extra respect uh, based on the legacy 
that uh, we brought to Africa and Washington, D.C., and other cities. Uh, so with Washington, D.C., and other cities, as we uh, move to the National Summit in August, we are inviting all to take part in that. And there, if there's a city, per se, that uh, needs to form a Black Wall Street, uh, we're definitely open to that as well. And, uh, Bob, we do. Uh, I am going to follow up with you and call and see how we can pursue um, what our mutual agendas are in sustaining and increasing black businesses. Well, no no okay. question about it. But I, 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 I said I said before, we got black businesses here in, mm-hmm. in uh, D.C. and everywhere. They're all over, and they get massive support in the name okay. of past discrimination, all the isms that we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We got that. They, we get that. They, they, they're there, and they're not held accountable, and I'm not supposed to, and I can't hold them accountable because the question becomes, they ask me, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, damn, if you gave me $10 million, then you ask me what, I, what am I doing. Don't come to me when I, you ain't gave me a dime. You're giving them tens of millions of dollars in taxpayer money. And when I say, well, how is it that you got no skin in the game, you're walking around, you're driving a Lexus, you're driving a Jaguar, you got these nice businesses, women all around you, working for you, and in two, three years, you going through a contentious bankruptcy. And I can't say, well, what, what's going on? We got black businesses. That is, you know, they, they all, and they get monies. But the well, money is, is based on spirit And um, just kind of getting back to our subject, is sure. there a, a spirit of, uh, are you familiar with here, Washington, about? Yeah, I know Harold Washington was the mayor of New, uh, of, of Chicago. What, what, okay. Uh, do you understand the spirit that Chicago had during that time? Or do you well, recall? here, you, you want my honest opinion? Look, sure. Harold Washington been gone for over 20 years, mm-hmm. and you ain't been close to the mayor, Mayor O.T. since then. You ain't moving farther from it. Okay. So I love Harold Washington. I'm sure it was a great. I remember well, let me when I ask, was, uh, if I can, ask other people that even as Bob, as you brought that question up, uh, that Harold has been gone uh, over 20 years, and that we have somewhat have moved further from even given coming close to even electing someone um, or a black mayor per se. Uh, is there any other? person would like to kind of comment on that based on what it would take, or is that just past tense and get over here in Washington? Let's do this, Mr. Carter. Uh, let's bring Mr. Shabazz back and Angela Williams back so that they can make their final comments and answer that question for you, and we can close out the show because we have 10 minutes. Mr. Shabazz, welcome back to the show. Angela Williams, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you. So uh, that that question to you, do you think because Hale Washington has been gone for such a long time, um, do we look at that as just being something in the past, or do we look for that spirit of a Hale Washington to come back? And are you going first? Yeah, I'm going to go first. Uh, I think people are still living in the spirit of Hale Washington. Uh, Mr. Washington, if you will, uh, was a dynamic character. He had charisma. You know, he captured this city. And for our brother Bob in Washington, D.C. to say he don't think that he's, he has an impact on this city and African Americans in this city is uh, really a uh, kind of an insult uh, to my character as a black woman and uh, trying to 
uh, increase, and like you say all the time, we have to repeat this, increase and sustain black businesses. So uh, our president, Barack Hussein Obama, ran his campaign off the Hill Washington spirit. He uh, had rallies at UIC Forum. Hill Washington had rallies at the UIC Forum. You know, he designed his uh, campaign around that spirit. So for someone to say they don't think Hill Washington is irrelevant today, need to go back and read the history books. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Brother G. Well, I love Hill Washington. Hill Washington today is still my mayor. Still your mayor? <laughs> He's still my mayor. I got Harold Warden pictures around here right now. That's the only one I look at. The okay. rest of the stuff is behind me. All right. And so the, uh, uh, the, the barbershop talk um, somewhat kind of want to feel that comeback or? Yeah, everybody in here. Everybody in here is, is like for Harold. Mm-hmm. You know? That was my buddy. I got the books that Dempsey Travelers put out about Harold in my collection. You know, I met Harold down at Thomas Restaurant right there on 87 and uh, East End. Okay. He was stopping there, and he, we all hopped behind him and shaking his hand and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I got well, a, like, I got well, a big campaign for him when he first ran. A lot of people didn't even know it in 77 as correct. an independent. Mm-hmm. I was out there voting for Harold in. I got a quite a few collection buttons of him. I have a question, please, very yeah, quickly. Sir. To the uh, tell me, uh, who was Harold Washington's protege or his proteges? Can you name one or two that are alive today? That are alive today? Yeah. Bro, I, don't, I mean, what, what? I mean, to me, my opinion, leadership is only as good as those following behind you. And I ain't seen nothing that you you, you telling me that Barack Obama was a protege of, of uh, Harold Washington. I mean, who 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 the people following? You know, who did, who did Harold Washington set up to follow in his footsteps? Well, I will. Um, I mean, if any of um, Angie or Haji, you want to uh, answer that question or go ahead, Ron. <laughs> well, Angie? I believe that if the, the the Barack Obama for Chicago, just as Harold Washington it was hard to conceive that possibility of Harold Washington achieving what he did the same way it was with um, uh, Barack Obama. But based on Barack Obama being from Chicago, people had a sense of identity with him uh, based on his roots being a community organizer. Harold Washington, even though... Harold Washington was before Barack, but Barack still was engaged in doing voter registration during the time that Harold Washington ran the second time. And in doing so, with Barack Obama's grassroots organizing skills and Harold Washington's grassroots organizing skills with politics, and uh, I believe as um, Angie stated, Barack Obama definitely was a protege. The same individual um, was uh, Barack Obama's senior advisor, uh, David um, Alex, no, David Axelrod. Right. He also worked 
on Harold Washington. He was a campaign manager for Harold Washington as well. Yeah. And so there is a similarity to, and it just so happened Davis Axelrod is a white guy, but he also understood the dynamics of what elected Harold Washington and took it on another level nationally. So the resemblance of him, Barack, being a Barack, uh, being a protege of Harold Washington, do have some good merit uh, because of the organizational style and also the campaign manager of David Axelrod because David Axelrod had to organize the black elected uh, uh, community, and that was his profession to do that. And he took it on a so sometimes that protege, not always coming from the individual, but it comes from people that was associated with him. Uh, so that protege is still there. There was thinking that there was some elected officials was going to be his protege, uh, but again, you still have a spirit of understanding what it took to get here Washington elected. We have not seen that yet, but the closest we have seen it is the resemblance of how Barack Obama uh, organized his campaign. Um, and so but with that, as we get ready to close our program, uh, we're going to be having our third anniversary of Black Wall Street on the birthday of Malcolm X. So we got some some more in-depthness of being a protege of Malcolm X as well. And so even though Malcolm X passed in 1965, and here we are in 2010, that protégéism still worked its way through the years to, to manifest itself in some form or another. It may not, again, be an individual, but it can be that spirit of a movement to make that happen. With that in mind, Sonia going to kill me. <laughs> Mr. Carter. Yes, Mr. Carter. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, Mrs. Shabazz and Angela Williams thank for you. joining us this evening. We do thank you, Sonia. We do hope that we get to do this again. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was hey, quite Sonia. Yeah. Sonia, can I say yeah. one thing? Can I say one thing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was here one morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, when the change was over with the Koreans. We were all in church except me, and I looked out my window. They was, like, taking the whole street over, taking addresses down. You know, they buy things. We rent. But when you buy, you block a whole lot of the other stuff out the way. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So that's what they, I would see them 6 o'clock in the morning, walking down 87th Street, mm -hmm. in the streets, taking addresses, and asking the owners, do you want to sell your things? Oh my now, God. we rent, and they take it from you. Mm -hmm. So we got to well, get into that, uh, of how to buy. Got a lot of work over there, uh, Angie. I know. It's so exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting, isn't it? We want huh? again. Once again. What you say, I'm closing out the show. I know you are having a good time. You want to you do three hours? No. 
Mr. Carter does. But anyway, Givers in the Black Wall Street USA wants to remind you to stop by tomorrow evening uh, at 449 East 35th Street tomorrow at 7 p.m. for the reception for Black Wall Street USA. That's 7 p.m. to midnight tomorrow. We thank each of you for joining us, and we look forward to Talking, you are talking to you on next Tuesday, Tuesday, May the 4th, Jobs, Training, and Services for Youth. Everyone have a great evening. And thank you very much, Sonia. Thanks, Ron. Angie. Yeah.